what's going on, guys? Uh, welcome back to the third episode of the Two and Five Scoop podcast. I'm here with my co-host Asher Pelleggi. I'm James Gilardi. Uh, how are you feeling today, Asher? Feeling good. I'm ready to get into some more Eagles. Yep. So today um, we're focusing on Eagles. Um, we're going to talk about um, the recent news that just came out about the play calling um, being switched from Nick Sirianni to uh, remind me of his name, Ash. Shane Steichen. Shane Steichen. So we're, we're going to get into some of that. Um, what should we expect this upcoming season, uh, along with the addition of A.J. Brown, as we went into last episode. Um, and then after that, we're going to give a little breakdown of and predictions of how the NFC East is going to play out uh, this year uh, with, you know, the Cowboys having some significant losses. And then, you know, Carson Wentz back in the division. And, you know, you have the bottom feeder giant, Giants, um, you know, sitting there. You know, so we're going to get into some of that. Um, yeah, so let's just get right into it. So recently, um, earlier this week, I saw a tweet or some something on Instagram, and it was it, it was breaking out the news that um, Steve Stachik, I don't know how to say his last name. Steichen. Steichen. Okay, Jesus. <laughs> so Steve Steichen is going to be taking over play calling um this upcoming season however he took over play calling mid-season last year which was around the time when we saw the the identity of this offense completely change from trying to force Jalen to pass the ball and use his arm to win games to you know relying on that uh, insane run offense that we had last year um really really exciting um I kind of expect the same however the X factor this year is now Jalen has more weapons around him um, to perhaps, you know, use his arm um, to win games more. So, um, Asher, what, what are your expectations kind of going into the season, you know, with the play calling being switched over? I mean, I don't know about expectations. What I would like to see is more of the same of what we saw last year. We were the number one team, I believe, in run-pass option play calls. That worked really well for us. That is like that's what maximizes Jalen Hurts' talent, in my opinion. I don't want to turn away from that just because we have more passing weapons. I think that that would just open the offense that we're already running up even more and bring it to the next level. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you to a degree. I think we should definitely stick with the identity of being a run-first offense. <laughs> However, last year what happened was it almost became – predictable yes the rpo is supposed to be unpredictable in in, in what ways but uh teams were easily able to you know jalen wasn't good at reading the field um you know he would just look at his primary you know receiver that he was aiming for on that play and then he would just scramble um now with a, the addition of aj brown what i would like to see is incorporating him a lot and kind of spacing out the defense uh, because Jalen's inability to pass the ball last year was partially on him and his lack of arm strength and accuracy, um, but mostly it was with the personnel. Um, our number one receiver was a rookie, you know, Devontae Smith. I'm repping him right now. Um, so he, he was our number one, number one option. And then we had guys like Quez Watkins, who, you know, as all of us Eagles fans, we love him. Um, as we saw, we saw very promising things last preseason from him. And then we had the woeful um, <laughs> Jalen Rager, who is somehow still on the team. 
So that was the that was the receiving core along with you know Dallas Goddard. Hmm. That was really it. So there wasn't really anything surrounding Jalen Hurts, so he didn't have much to work with. Um, but now with AJ Brown, I do definitely expect um, a lo- a bit more passing uh, because the opportunity is going to present itself with you know that weapon and the defense having to focus on him more and opening up the door for Devonte Smith to you know go out in the slot and you know kind of make some plays. Um, but yeah, um, I definitely think that should be a run first offense, but make it a little bit more unpredictable. Right. Yeah. The, the only problem in my head is that we don't know, obviously, like we talked about in the last Eagles episode, a lot of this hinges on how much Hertz progresses in his passing ability. Mm-hmm. Can, can we turn into a team that is going to be throwing some deep bombs to AJ Brown? Or are we going to have to rely on him to run some slant routes and just use his body to get position? Cause that's, that's the difference between us being a very scary offense in the playoffs or us just falling apart again. Right. Yeah. And uh, we kind of saw those weaknesses get exploited last year uh, in the wild card game, you know, in a game that we would all like to forget uh, against the Buccaneers, um, you know, Jalen threw three picks, two or three picks. I remember off the top of my head, he did a lot of panicking, um, kind of threw, threw up the ball and, and kind of hoped that, uh, you know, Devontae was out there somewhere kind of trying to pull a Patrick Mahomes <laughs> and the fact that he, you know, if you've ever seen the memes where it's yeah. like, you know, you throw it, he just throws it down the field. And he's like, Oh, screw it. Tyreek somewhere down there. But you know, um, oh, Hurts isn't a Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Devontae Smith is not a Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Um, so it didn't, it didn't really work out. Um, but yeah, I, I, I definitely, I agree with you there. Um, but I will say this recently, I saw a report, um, Nick Sirianni, you know, OTA started this week, and Nick Sirianni, Nick Sirianni had some very interesting uh, comments about Jalen Hurts. And I'm trying to remember the, um, the quote off the top of my head. I don't have pulled it up here or anything, but he uh, noticed from some very, very, you know, huge strides uh, in improving his accuracy. Uh, Nick Sirianni was very impressed. Um, with all the work that Jalen has put in this this offseason to really pinpoint the accuracy of his his, his long ball, which is really, really good to hear. Um, but obviously, as Eagles fans, we've seen stuff like this in the past, and then just it just doesn't work out. So I'm kind of treading lightly when I hear that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, but it's definitely promising news. Yeah, I mean, you should definitely take everything – that you hear as far as player progression in OTAs with a grain of salt. Obviously, everyone wants to believe that Hertz has made huge strides as a passer mm-hmm. right now, but I've heard good things from Goddard and then, yeah, the Sirianni comments. But does that mean, like, he's playing it's, – it's warm-ups right now is basically all it is. We won't really know how far he's made it as a passer till we see him the first game of the season. And just talking a little bit more on that playoff game, as bad as Hertz was statistically, I think a lot of the blame goes on the play calling because it was, like you said earlier, is very predictable. And just looking at the stats, Hertz threw the ball 43 times. Tom Brady, probably the greatest, easily the greatest quarterback of all time, only threw the ball 37 times. So this is just an offense that relied way too much on a player that really should not be throwing the ball that many times. Yeah. And yeah. 
And, yeah, and I, I honestly, I feel as though um, the reason why we kind of went back to our identity from the first seven weeks of last year was because I think towards the end of the season, sure, we were on a tear. We weren't playing that great of teams, but we were on a tear, and I think we got scared of a team that had the defensive line that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have. Um, and I think mm-hmm. we we knew that Bruce Williams being a defensive-minded coach, he would be able to read our offense very easily. And I think the whole idea of becoming unpredictable, they took that to the extreme in that playoff game, you know, of course, making Jalen throw it 43 times. Um, so I think they, they took it too far. Uh, you know, 43 passing attempts is a lot of passing attempts for any for any um, for any quarterback in this league, uh, let alone Jalen Hurts, who isn't really known to be a passer. Um, so, it, it I would like to see Jalen pass more the ball more this upcoming season, but don't don't take it to that extent, especially since you've had so much success success with the running game uh, with Miles Sanders and you know Jalen Hurts being able to take off from the pocket. Yeah, uh, we definitely just looking at that game specifically as a, as we look toward the future with Steichen as the play caller, he just got out coached. But then again, this is a very inexperienced coaching staff. I think he's under 40 years old. Bruce Arians is 70 something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A long time. He's a great coach. Right. I don't want to put all that on Steichen and say he's, he's not built for this, you know, because this right. was the, the schedule towards the latter half of the season was a very easy schedule, but we did breeze through it. You got to give them credit where credit's due. Right. And, you know, That's right. Uh, I don't want to, you know, live live in last year, but I remember prior to last season, you know, I was watching all all the sports network, networks and they were giving their predictions on how the NFL is going to yeah. play out. And I'm telling you, every single one that I watched had Eagles as like a bottom three team in the league. I mean, we were, we were on the same level as, like, the Houston Texans projected to get three, maybe four wins. And, you know, that was a fairly reasonable argument considering all the turmoil that had occurred last offseason with, with that, that offseason prior with, you know, Carson departing and then Jalen Hurts coming in to take take the helm. Um, and, you know, there was, just, there was just a lot of crazy stuff going on in that locker room. And so this team was definitely poised for a very poor off poor season uh but you know they doubled their projected win total and so as you said you have to give credit where credit's due uh even if it is against bad teams because you know winning a game in in the nfl it may look easy but it's it's really not it's a a game of chess yeah and outside of just looking through quickly the that latter half of the schedule we really took care of business business in every game except for the game with the giants Hertz had an uncharacteristically bad game, just did did not look like himself like he did the rest of that second half of the season. So that seems more like an aberration than anything else. Yeah, I mean, a a good point you made there was that, and I mean, like we weren't beating beating these teams by like, you know, it wasn't like a one-score game. I mean, we were beating these teams by double digits most of the time. So, you know, we were handling bad teams as a good good team should handle bad teams. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the Eagles showed their potential um, and what damage they could really do. 
Um, and I really, really hope to see that continue um, under Steichen. Uh, right name, right? Is that how it was? It? Yeah. <laughs> so um, I really hope to see that um, coming up this season. Uh, and, you know, last year, I'm going to go back again. If we win that game against the Giants, and I think we got into a really close game with the Chargers, um, if we win both of those games, I'm not about what ifs or whatnot, but to give you perspective as to how close this team was to being like legitimate, we had nine wins last year. We win those two games, we have 11. And that last week against the Cowboys, whoever wins that game goes to the playoffs and wins the division. You know, I mean, we were that we were that close. Right. And we were we were a Jalen Rager drop away from beating the Giants, sure. and then was it a Jalen Rager like muffed punt or uh, drop again against the Chargers? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, we were a couple plays away from being right up there. You know, contending for this division. Yeah. Um, and so that brings that's like a perfect segue into what we want to go over next, which is um, NFC East. 2022 season outlook um last episode we went over the eagles and what we think uh we both had the eagles finishing uh with double digit wins uh about 11 wins i think we both had us both both had them going so so now it is time to um trying to be try to be as uh, least biased as possible when talking about all of our division rivals um specifically the cowboys so I think he's going 11 and six, and I do believe they can win this division. Um, have we seen, as we've seen over the course of the last, trying to do the math in my head, 16 years, there's never been a repeat division winner. Hey, Ash, you there? And that segues us into our next thing we wanted to go into, which was uh, an NFC East breakdown. Um, mm-hmm. Last episode, when we talked about the birds, um, we broke down what what, the, what we were expecting from the birds record-wise and how they would do in the division. Uh, I believe both of us had us going 11-6, and six, um, faring out pretty well. Uh, personally, I had us uh, winning the division. I don't know about you, Asher. But- yeah. I think just looking at that Cowboy team, I think that is on paper a team that can get 11, 12, 13 wins. But however, it is also a team that perennially disappoints for the past decade, decade and a half. Yeah, absolutely. And you, and you also have to keep in mind that, you know, I'm thinking what, since 2005, so 16 years now, um, there has been no re- repeat winners in this division. Uh, Cowboys won it last year, and the year before it was, it was the then Washington football team. Now it's the mm-hmm. Commanders. Um, but again, you know, there's been no repeat uh, repeat winner in this in the in this division. So uh, it would not shock me if the Eagles came out and you know narrowly won this division. I know the Cowboys; they're always competitive uh, most years, um, but then you know they always fall flat on their face, as we saw last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so. Um, but yeah, so going into the Cowboys, um, they had some notable losses. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. They lost a couple offensive linemen. They lost um, 
uh, Amari goes to the draft. Amari, they lost Amari Cooper, so they, they they lost a weapon. Zeke is no longer in shape. He yeah. seems to be going out of his prime. I think that's been apparent for a couple of years now. Um, so really, you know, talent-wise, um, they, they, they're kind of lacking. They definitely are a good team. Dak Prescott, you know, I have to give credit to him um, at – at the moment, you know, sitting here right now, he's still the best division, uh, best quarterback in this division. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just a matter of, you know, is um, what's his face? Um, defense Trayvon Diggs is Trayvon Diggs going to have, you know, the ball hawk uh, year that he had last year? Is the defense, you know, going to going to be as good as it was last year? You know, there's there's really no certainty that with with that, as you could say, with you know any team. Right. Um, but yeah, I do. I do expect this this team to be competitive still. Um, they have a good coach in Mike McCarthy, uh, who managed to keep the Packers in contention for several years. Um, so yeah, I think this team, this this division, has definitely come down to the wire. It might be a late late year Cowboys Eagles matchup. You know, classic. You know, division rivalry. You know, who who winner? You know, has this division on lock. Um, so I definitely expect the Cowboys to be a close second um, to the Eagles uh, in this division. Yeah, I'm right with you there. It would be pretty surprising to me if both us and the Cowboys do not make the playoffs this year. Yeah, I think it's pretty clear that we are the two top teams in the division. Uh, moving on to the Commanders, who I would place as the third-place team this year. I think they've made enough moves that they're probably around a eight nine win team if everything goes well. Um, I'm gonna. That's where I disagree. That's where I disagree. Maybe I'm just. I just don't like Carson Wentz, and you know, Carson Wentz is still a very good quarterback. I mean, I won't say very good, but he's still, you know, above average. Uh, you know, he didn't play poorly with the Colts last year. We really killed his you know, career in, in Indy was, you know, that Jaguars game, those last few games where they had, you know, absolute control over their destiny. And, you know, he wasn't able to close the, you know, seal the deal with that. Um, but, you know, this commander team outside of Carson Wentz, they have Terry McLaurin, you know, the, the offense, I, I think the offensive line is a problem. Um, you know, I mean, it's not great, but it's not, it's not horrible, but, you know, there's some there's some concern there. So I do have them, you know, at the bottom of the division. Um, this division is going to be a little bit more competitive. I think the, the, the commanders have the potential to be a six or seven win team. Uh, but, you know, I don't trust Carson Wentz. Uh, my personal experience with him, obviously, he's an Eagles fan. He's not, he's not exactly the most reliable when it comes to health. So, you know, what are they going to do if he goes down? Um, because to my knowledge, I don't think Heineke's on the team anymore if I'm if I'm mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong. Is he on the? Is he still on the team? As far as I'm aware, he was. There, there may be something I'm missing, but I thought he was still their backup. Yeah, I swore I saw like an article or something that like maybe, maybe it was just because he lost a starting job or something. Like right. That. Yeah. Uh, going back to him, you know, I mean, they they weren't a, they weren't a good team under him. They made they you know they barely won the division, you know, because we decided to tank at the end of the year. That was really the only reason why they won a division in 2020 um so um you know there's not there's not that good and i don't they didn't really make any uh notable acquisitions this year that really changed my opinion about them um however if you look at the giants 
you know, I know I kind of trashed on them earlier, um, but I do think that they did make some notable additions to the to defense with Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, that definitely, you know, makes them, you know, a third place team in this division. So I have the I have the New York Giants finishing third um, with about eight wins, seven wins. I think Daniel Jones bounces back. Uh, I think Saquon, you know, he's not going to be his his normal self, but I think um, he should he should be okay. Um, you know, do do just enough. Um, you know, Sterling Shepard. All that, all, all the receivers, you know, they're, they're still good receivers um, at the end of the day. But, you know, I just think they're a better team than the commanders uh, who, as an organization, are kind of a disaster. That's true. Washington is a poverty franchise. However, I have very, very little faith in Danny Dimes over in New York. I think Brian Dable is a very good coach. I don't think that – he is a good enough coach to turn Danny Dimes into a guy that can win your team eight, nine games. I think I think this is the most competitive the division has been in a while in terms of the bottom teams still keeping up with, you know, the bottom teams being New York and Washington keeping up with the Cowboys, and we're always somewhere, we've been somewhere in the middle of the past couple of years. I think Washington, though, however, two years ago when they when they had that playoff berth, their defense was really good. You had Chase Young in his rookie year, just an absolute monster. And I think a lot of people forget that going into last year, they were thought of as a playoff dark horse, maybe a team that would take the wild card, and that defense just fell apart. And this year I'm, I'm expecting more of a 2020 form for, for the commander defense. That's why I would put them – around a 7-8 win team, third place. Yeah, and part of the reason why, um, you know, part of the reason why I had the Giants over them is because I'm expecting a 2020 commander's defense coming from the Giants. I think Kayvon Thibodeau, mm-hmm. really, really, really good pickup. I loved him coming out of the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, for, for a little bit, I was like, you know, if we have no luck in the quarterback market, you know, using our picks to get anything, trade up for him, you know, stack up this defense. We, I mean, defensive line, which hasn't been a weakness in years, um, could really use it. Um, not that I'm not happy with what we did this year. I'm really happy. But, you know, for, for a little bit, I was like, man, I want to get Kayvon. I really like Kayvon Thibodeau. So I'm expecting Kayvon to have um, a Chase Young rookie year. Kind of, I, I, I have him winning defensive rookie of the year this year. Um, it, it, I, think the defense the Giants defense is going to be pretty pretty good um they have been horrible in years past um you know I just think that they're just just a little bit better than the commanders at the moment um I don't I'd expect Chase Young to still be Chase Young but outside of that the commanders defense is still going to be pretty good but I don't really think anything's going to top their 2020 season well, it seems like we both agree on the, the top two and bottom two teams of the division. I think I agree with you. Kayvon Thibodeau is probably my favorite pick of the draft, just the value there at seven with a guy who really only fell back from number one because of character concerns. Mm-hmm. I, I think he was easily the most talented player in the draft. But then also I was a big fan of the commander's uh, wide receiver pick middle of the first round, Dotson. I really, I think that that's a slept-on pick. I think that, that gives 
their offense another uh, dimension that it didn't have before, whereas before it was kind of just force-feeding McLaurin. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree. I'd like the Dotson. I mean, I'm a Penn State fan. I go to Penn State. Mm-hmm. Um, but Dotson, he was good, but he didn't, like, blow me away. Um, now, of course, I'm a college football watcher, so I see guys like Jalen Waddle play and, you know, Devontae Smith in years past, you know, I've seen all kinds of talents and perhaps me seeing that kind of is like, oh, Jahan Dotson, you know, obviously Penn State's not a big wide receiver college, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I wasn't too impressed. And you know, Commanders, he, he definitely is going to be a good slot option. He's going to be quick. He's he's um, definitely be able to speed down, down the field. Um, so, yeah, I definitely agree that, that it could add another dimension, but it's not this big pick that kind of, you know, blows my mind. It's like, wow, you know, they really, you know, really elevated their offense with that pick. Right. Um, you know, I mean, there's all other concerns going on um, outside the receiver position. I, I think Terry and Jahan will, you know, mesh pretty well in that offense. The only, my only concern is um, I'm trying to remember Jahan's size off the top of my head, but I don't really think they have any big – Big receiver, so it's going to be yeah. kind of like what we tried running in was it 2020? Um, we ran a small off, we, we've tried to run a small offense similar to like Chiefs, right? Uh, we have a lot of small and quick receivers, you know, it it just doesn't doesn't work yet. I mean, it works for the Chiefs, but that's because they had a quarterback named Patrick Mahomes, um, who can sling the ball like crazy. Um, so I think. If you don't have a quarterback named um, Patrick Mahomes and a coach named Andy Reid, mm-hmm. <laughs> I really don't think I don't really think a sm- playing small uh, really works in this league because um, it's just it's just a mismatch everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I just don't see the Commanders really you know improving all that much. That they certainly upgraded a quarterback. Uh, which might move their win total for me, maybe one or two wins, but you know, not not nothing too impressive for me. Um, the Giants definitely impressed me more this offseason. And of course, like you mentioned before, there is always the chance once gets hurt and yeah. then drops to a team that's going to have a top three pick next year. But yeah. we'll, we will figure that all out as the, yeah. as the season moves along. Yeah, so my final to wrap things up, I'm going to give my final predictions that I, that I have at the moment. This might change at the end of the offseason. Uh, mind you guys, uh, we're this is going to be a start of a series where each uh episode that we're talking Eagles, we're also going to uh slap on a segment at the end. Uh, we're going to go through every single division in the NFL, um, our thoughts, you know, how everything's going to play out. And then at the end, um, right around when the preseason begins or ends, whenever it, it winds up place and uh we're gonna give our full season uh power rankings and then um our our playoff and super bowl predictions um so for the nfc east for me i have first place eagles 11 and 6 second place cowboys 10 and 7 third place giants um 8 and 9 and fourth place commanders 6 and 11 as for my final rankings i Pretty much find myself in lockstep with you, except I'm going to flip the Commanders and the Giants and maybe move the that third-place team. So I'm going to say the Commanders have about seven wins and the Giants are going to finish with about six. Makes sense. 
All right. Thanks for guys. Thanks guys for uh, tuning in today. Uh, we will see you again next week. Um, enjoy the episode. Hit subscribe, click the notifications, follow us on Twitter at 215 Scoop PSM. And as always, have a good one.